And now, Greenlight Reviews, hosted by Ann Elder and Les Roberts. Greenlight Reviews is back with a movie to talk about. I'm Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. We are going to discuss an Asian-based film Mm -hmm. called Bangkok Dangerous. For those of you who might not know, Bangkok is the capital city of Thailand. It was directed by Oxide Pang and Danny Pang. It was written by Jason Richman from an Oxide Pang script of their 1999 film Mm -hmm. of the same title. And it stars Nicolas Cage as a guy named Joe. And that's all we know about him. His name is Joe. He is a hitman. He gets paid big bucks to travel all over the world and assassinate people. Hopefully they're all bad guys. Well, hopefully, but he doesn't (laughs) know that. It's not important to him. That's one of his rules, ask no questions. Ask no questions. Unfortunately, they have made the film where he does a lot of off-camera narration, and it reminds me a lot of films of the 1930s and 40s about private eyes. It really didn't work that way for me. But he does say that he eats by himself, he sleeps by himself, he doesn't know anybody, he doesn't have any friends, he never gets involved emotionally with anybody outside his job. Well, he has those four hard and fast rules. Don't ask questions, there is no right and wrong, don't get attached, and know when to walk away and get rich. And this character breaks all four of those rules pretty quickly in this movie. He certainly (laughs) does. He goes to Bangkok. He is being paid to pull off a series of four murders, but he cuts himself. He stops into a pharmacy to get some medicine, and he falls head over heels in love with a very, very beautiful young girl who happens to be deaf and mute. Her name is Fun, and she is played by an actress named, of all things, Charlie Young. Boy, is she great in this movie. She is very, very beautiful. And she's a wonderful performer. Yes. He also hires an assistant, really an errand boy, and his name is Kong, K-O-N-G. And when he tells Nicolas Cage his name, Cage gives him a look like he's waiting for him to <laughs> climb the Empire State Building. <laughs> he is played by Shakrit Yamnarm, and he was also very, very good. That's about all the good things I have to say about this film, and I didn't like it at all. Oh, really? I thought this was a pretty good film. I think it's bleak. I thought it was not overly original, but I liked the atmosphere. I liked that leading lady, Charlie Young, and I thought that the movie offers up an alternative movie-going experience. It's For me, much more rewarding to see a film about murderous thugs and exotic locale. If I have to see that same kind of a picture in New York and L.A., I think I'll scream because that's all I've seen for the last, you know, four years. That's right. So I liked the look of the film. I thought it was interesting to go there. It engaged me. I thought the story really held me. My problem with the film was not so much of the excessive violence, but I didn't think Nick Cage was particularly well cast in this film. I just didn't quite dig him in the role. Well, I didn't like Nick Cage either. One of the problems is that he looks terrible in this movie. He is very, very white-looking. His hair is dyed black, and it's long, and it kind of hangs down the middle of his back. And I think his character is one of those people who doesn't show much emotion. So as a result, I was a little bit bored with him. And I didn't believe for one single second this relationship, this love affair that happens between Joe and Fawn. Well, to be frank here, there is no sex in this picture at all. It's a very innocent romance. 
I think he holds her hand. Well, that's true. So, I mean, it's very pristine, frankly. Well, it is pristine. I just didn't believe it. Well, this is a movie that's about contradictions, I believe. You see these beautiful lotus blossoms floating down the canal, and then you see blood being spattered onto the water. You have Nick Cage going to the home of this Charlie Young and having tea with her mother. Yes. That's a very kind of offbeat scene, to be honest with you. I mean, he looks very awkward there. He is an assassin, and the mother wants to find out what he does for a living, and he mumbles something about being a banker. Yes. (laughs) But, I mean, those juxtapositions I thought were okay. I thought that made the film kind of intriguing in a nutty way. Well, whatever there was in this film that might be a little bit interesting is absolutely dissipated by the last 45 minutes, which is, God help us, another one of those slaughterhouse scenes that go on and on and on. Oh my goodness, a lot of people get shot. One gets blown up by a grenade. You don't want to see that, folks. Oh my goodness. I just got irritated with it. Well, I think we also have to say that the character that Nick Cage plays has something of a transformation mid-movie. His conscience starts to kick in, partly because of the girl and partly because the last guy he was supposed to shoot turns out to be a good guy. So there is this kind of redemption, reformation of the Nick Cage character, so it's not all terrible. I didn't like the last 25 minutes or 45 minutes either less. I thought that really, really sabotaged the movie because I think it had all the elements of being a really tight little good B movie. And as a result, I thought that that ending really tipped the movie over the edge. Well, it tipped it over for me. I really wanted to like this film because I like Nicolas Cage. He's a very good actor sometimes, Mm. but he's not a very good actor in this film. And because of that, because much of the film is very, very dark, and because I didn't believe the relationships between the two quote-unquote romantic characters, I'm going to have to give Bangkok Dangerous a red light. Okay, well, I like the exotic locales less. I like the story up to the last 40 minutes. I thought Charlie Young was terrific, and I liked Shakrit Yamnarm as well, and I thought that the scenery and the cinematography was quite good. So for that, I'm going to give Bangkok Dangerous a very, very dim yellow light, which is something they could have used more of when they were shooting the movie. I wondered, didn't anybody pay the electric bill? However, that's a whole other crisis we can deal with another time. Okay, yellow light from Generous Anne this morning and a red light from Mean-Spirited Me for Bangkok Dangerous. Until next time, I am Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And we're looking forward to seeing you having a great time at the movies. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. 
Yeah, yeah, right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.